Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow the conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Eat, Sleep, Fantasy Football Podcast, also known as the Matching Disney Family Vacation Shirts of Fantasy Football Podcasts. My name is Christian Brito. Joining me, as always, on this podcast is Mr. Dale DeMott. What is up, Dale? What's up, man? We are the Matching matching Disney T-shirts. I'll get into this. I don't remember what you said. But um, I just had a family vacation at Disney with my one-year-old and my crazy family. That's cool, man. Also joining us is Paul. What's up, Paul? <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, Paul, for those who don't know, is one of our new writers this season. Um, you will hear him a lot in the upcoming interview in this uh, show. We'll get to that in a second. But um, I need a vent for a little bit because... All right, go ahead. No, I'll let you do the matching <laughs> shirt thing. Go ahead. Talk okay. about Disney for some reason. Well, for some reason, because I need to, this is like my only outlet to um, kind of vent. And um, if you have, if you have a one or two year old, don't go to Disney. You probably already know this, but don't get sucked in by your family. Uh, I went to Walt Disney World with my one year old and my two year old niece, my uh, my sister, her husband, kids, my my mom and dad. It was just, it was a uh, crazy, crazy stuff all around. The first thing I would say is um, everybody, every single family, I don't know if you guys know this, I don't know when the last time you've been to Disney, it's been like 10 years for me, every single family has a matching Disney t-shirt. Like, you know, the ones that like have like the uh, the castle that says like mom, dad, brother, sister, stuff like that, uh, or it says their name, every single family, I'd say probably two out of three families have matching shirts. Um, and I got roped into wearing one of those matching shirts against uh-huh. my will. And what does yours say? Uh, mine says uncle um, okay. because it was my niece's birthday. So um, it was like uncle, aunt, grandma, grandpa. It, uh, the T-shirts were hot. And they were cheaply made. So <laughs> like the Mickey Mouse ears were like plastic Oof. on 85 degree sunny day. And, like, you touch your shirt in the middle of the day, and, like, you just feel it radiating. Um, Orlando's hot enough. And then on top of that, now you have this heat radiating from your body from the plastic Mickey Mouse ears. Okay. Bad idea all around. Um, so, oh, well, actually, there's a kind of crazy story backing up to that. My So my parents drove down from Miami, right? They were driving. They drove separately. Uh, I don't know how your parents do with technology, but my parents were – everybody basically left the same time. My parents got there like two hours late. The reason was because they have a GPS in their car, like the pre-programmed GPS in their car. Right. And then they also have an iPhone that was hooked okay. up through Bluetooth. My mom puts on the map to go to, to go to the hotel for Disney. My dad puts on the navigation in the car to go to, to, go to the same place. They took two different routes. So they were driving, and it was like, turn left. They turned left, but then the car, 
would say turn right. So you turn right. So basically, two GBSs were competing against each other, and they ended up going around the Disney property for like an hour and a half. Because my parents are idiots. I don't know how to use technology. Okay, that's mean. Yeah, probably a little ageist. Yeah, yeah. I mean they should have got a driver. I mean that's what I mean. Yeah. Well, um, you need to be nicer to Debbie. <laughs> don't say her name on the podcast. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> there um, anyways. Anyways, I just want to advise our listeners if they're thinking about going to Disney one, it's super fucking expensive. Um, you're gonna you're you're gonna spend a lot of money uh, going to Disney, and two, if you're gonna go with your parents, um, just go to just, Universal instead. Yeah, I mean, well, for kid, like if you have like a, I'd say a five or a six year old, super fun, right? Like you know, they if they understand who Mickey Mouse is, they get excited, or they different characters. You know, there's like Toy Story and all that crap you know that that's cool but um for a one or two year old just and my one year old did get something out of it actually i like she you know saw the colors and the lights and she you know we went on the small world and you know she was like looking at the different things and but uh yeah it definitely wasn't worth it okay but i got, I got sucked into it are you done with that <laughs> yeah geez awesome so for anybody new to our show that's Dale. He's going to give you useless rants that's going to take up, let's see here, how long have we been talking for? Five, Five minutes. minutes of your time talking about Disney World. So that's our show. <laughs> Anyways, if you're new to our show, we're fantasy football with a little bit of a twist. Please don't let Dale's rants be the reason you don't stay listening. Um this off season, we're going to be talking about a lot of things, not fantasy football related, but hopefully, matching Disney shirts will not be a topic again. Yeah, you you know what's crazy? I went to Target oh, right God. before I went to Disney, and I got a T-shirt, and I thought, it, look, this is a typical, uh, just a nerdy dad, fat dad, whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it, moment. Mm-hmm. I went to Target and for like ten dollars, I had a T-shirt with Tinkerbell, and it said, "I'm so fly, I never land." Like, that's pretty clever. That's cool. It's kind of like, you know, hip. You know, I get in with the kids. Um, ha, you know, Neverland. Right? I know. That's what I said. I go to fucking Disney World, and every single fat dad is wearing this T-shirt. <laughs> so I, I only had two right, T-shirts. So the, the first day, I had the stupid matching shirt. The second day, I was like, yes, I'm going to wear my Tinkerbell shirt. Every single nerd fat dad was wearing I'm So Fly, I'd Never Land. The exact same one from Target. So every single so. nerd fat dad was wearing it, or every single nerd fat dad and then you were wearing it? No, no, I'll, I'll, um, I'm, I'm a fat nerd dad, <laughs> for sure. Go. I was just curious on how <laughs> you're going to categorize yourself. Yeah, no. Um, so that was, yeah, that was an issue because I was walking around and now all these other fat nerd dads are like, you know, saying, hey, you're pointing to me, you know, as they walk by. Nice shirt. It's like, oh, God, <laughs> now I'm in the stupid fraternity. Um, it was it was really bad. And uh, I will never do it again. <laughs> all I was missing is wearing my Crocs. And luckily, I didn't oh, wear my Crocs. You own Crocs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you, those of oh you don't know. Oh, God, this is just getting worse. This is. Paul. This is. I got it. I got it. Sponsorship. New sponsorship for ECF. <laughs> Paul is going to take care of that. So whenever I talk about Crocs, let's move on. Burrito. Move on from Crocs. Uh, for, for those that don't know, Paul is. Can I is, talk about what I want to talk about? You want to talk Paul's about Infinity a, War, Paul? Have you seen that movie? Uh, Paul's no, a fashion I don't designer. Because I don't watch that kind of stuff. 
Sorry. Paul is too cool for No, for I'm, I'm not. I fell asleep <laughs> during a couple of them uh, in the movie oh theater God. with friends. This is getting worse. No, it's really, it's go. really. I get it. I get it, guys. I get it. Y'all, <laughs> y'all think it's neat because everybody else is going to see it. So you go watch comic book characters while you're grown men. <laughs> uh, I get it. I mean, that's that's cool, guys. That's really cool. Uh, but uh, Paul might be wait. Paul might be like our coolest writer. Like at the end of the day, <laughs> I mean, he is pretty cool. He has cool hair. He's in shape. He wears nice suits. Uh, I'm sure he has cool shoes. And, uh, and he doesn't happened. watch. Con- he doesn't happened. watch. I'm sure. And when he goes when he goes to Disney, uh, he's probably wearing like a Lacoste polo three, shirt, a three piece fucking suit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm wearing a three piece suit with no jacket. <laughs> and a fucking Mickey Mouse pocket square for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Just to be festive. Yeah. Anyways, we have this. <laughs> we have this interview. Oh, uh, before we let you go into this interview, I do want to say we will be in Las Vegas and Dallas uh, this summer uh, for NFFC. If you're if you're thinking about going to a fantasy football convention, the best and only fantasy football convention in the world is in Dallas this year. Uh, go to GoNFFC.com, get your tickets, use promo code ESF for $25 off. Not only that, but then you also get to hang out with us. We're doing some after-hour stuff. Uh, we're going to do a little meetup slash draft type drinking stuff. I don't know. We're going to do some cool stuff, eating, drinking, drafting. Uh, Paul's working on that for us. And also Las Vegas. Don't forget Draft Party USA. Uh, our, we're co-hosting an event with them in Vegas doing – Probably the biggest draft event in in the world is happening in Las Vegas this summer. So, uh, if you're interested in either one of those, you can always hit us up, and I'll get you more information. Oh yeah, Dallas and um, Vegas. So we are going to play this interview by Marvin Bracy. Uh, he is, oh, I guess you know we. How do you want to intro this, guys? <laughs> I mean, he's Just, a he's an Olympic track star. He's 2016. Olympic track team member. Uh, he was a member of the Indianapolis Colts last year. He's an NFL free agent now. Uh, signed with Florida State. Four-star recruit out of high school. All-around stud. We got him on the yep. show tonight, guys. Just listen. I mean, come on. Just listen. That should be our motto. Just listen. Easy fantasy. Just, Just listen. listen. <laughs> Um, it's yeah, it is a pretty cool. It's probably one of the better ones that we've done, uh, just because he's such a cool dude. Um, and like Paul said, been in the Olympics, so that was cool to talk that over. Uh, Christian, are you gonna say anything? Nope. Okay. All right. Uh, so (laughs) you know, I you guys introduced the thing. What did you want me to say? Uh, speaking of Olympics, I have another anecdote um oh my god please just stop talking dale so while i was at disney uh my my nephew uh went to disney with us right and he is in the special olympics oh my god oh this is good well he is and no it's very concerned about where you're going with this be careful first of all i do want to say i do want to say the special olympics is a great program for kids all over the nation um is it worldwide i'm not even sure but anyways um, it's a great program. They really help out the youth and, you know, get, you know, basically let them travel and experience different things and stuff like that. So my nephew is in the Olympic is in the special Olympics. Um, he is developmentally delayed, uh, but he is a real athlete. Like <laughs> he's super fast. 
Um, so anyways, we're at Disney and his coach calls up and was like, Hey, we need him to come, you know, to, to run track with us this weekend. And my sister was like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, we're at Disney and the track meet was actually in Jacksonville, which is like two hours away. And the coach was like, we really need him for the relay. I'll go pick him up and bring him to Jacksonville if he can go. And so my sister was like, sure. So like at 10 o'clock at night after Epcot, uh, the coach went and picked him up and took him to Jacksonville for the race. They ended up winning the gold. Um, so I was pretty proud of that. Uh, he's, it's pretty crazy, but uh, I just want to say special Olympics is a good program. That's all I want to say. I don't, a lot of people don't know that. And okay. my, my nephew has a huge advantage because he is a really good athlete and, um, he's racing against people that aren't, aren't really good athletes. Wow. <laughs> all right. Let's get into this interview with Marvin Bracey. Uh, we will. I am no part of whatever Dale just said. No, Dale. Dale, hold on. Before the Marvin Bravey, Bracey interview, uh, it's a big thing that Special Olympics is incredible, but don't mm-hmm. say like a lot of people don't know. I mean, a lot of people do know. I mean, this is a big thing. I mean, like in Nashville, is we it? have over a hundred thousand people that come to the Special Olympics in Nashville. Like it's it's a massive well, thing. Okay. Yeah, like it's. I- I didn't know that. Yeah, incredible, incredible kids, uh, incredible people yeah. that help. Uh, lots of sponsors, oh, for sure. Everything. Yep. But uh, yeah, yeah let's no, do it. I agree. I agree. It was great. All right, uh, here's yeah. Marvin Bracey. You know what? Since you already did this, if you would like <laughs> to donate to the Special Olympics, <laughs> please visit specialolympics.org. Okay, that's good. It ties it all in together. It makes me not look so bad. <laughs> here's here's Marvin Bracey. All right, on the phone with us now is Marvin Bracey. Marvin was a 2016 Olympic track team member. He's a free agent, wide receiver for the in an NFL, uh, signed with the Colts last year. He was a four-star wide receiver recruit out of high school. Uh, Marvin, thanks for joining us today. How's it going? Uh, well, great, sir. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, th- uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll, we'll just jump right into it. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Florida State days. You joined FSU uh, going in for football. What was your deciding factor to leave the football program to to pursue your career in track? Um, to be perfectly honest, there were just some uh, some disagreements, you know, um, from the track uh, side as well as the football side, and just some uh, some discrepancies and stuff that was going on. And um, I, like, I, I still have the utmost respect for the coaches, and I just felt like I needed to do the decision that was uh, that was best for me. Interesting. So well, I I kind of know the answer to this, but. You, so you you went and pursued your career in track. What went through your head uh, when they won the national championship in football that next year? Were you did you have any regret there, or uh, were you were you content? Um, not at you all. Were? Only because um, because of uh, what, uh, what Kermit did. Um, I just felt like I was a part of it, man. I mean, his family, and you know, it was just nice. To, it was just nice to see somebody that you know that I was related to make such a key impact on the game that I got in. I mean, you know, I feel like I won the game, even though, you know, I actually was there. I'm curious. So, huge Florida State fan, grew up um, Florida State fan. It was in my family that uh, I was always going to go there. My son's going to go there. Uh, that's just how we do it. My curiosity is, I have a son who is a monster. He's three years old. He's been wearing five T's <laughs> since he was two. Uh, he is going to make me proud and get a scholarship and he's going to Florida State. So how is the recruiting process, you know, like going through, you were a four-star recruit. I can imagine 
that it's pretty heavy getting recruited like that. Oh, absolutely, man. I'm actually um, at this moment in time, I'm actually helping my brother uh, throughout the recruiting process. Is he getting recruited? Uh, yeah, he's a he's a basketball player. Okay. Is and, he? Um, is, he's uh, he's actually 6'9". 6'9", And uh, he's a high level recruit, and um, I'm helping him throughout the process. And you know, going through it myself is kind of fun to be on the the opposite side of you know the well the parenting side of the the whole recruiting process and it's actually very fun man um you learn so much about you know every university and you know and you got those parents there's actually uh james uh james's dad was one of those parents that come in and ask like all the right questions and he knew like everything to you know to look for as far as the program because you know with a high level athlete like you know james you know you want to make sure that your son goes you know to the right place uh that's best fit for him so how was – was it intimidating at all with these big schools? I, I can imagine maybe some of the smaller-time schools you were maybe a little bit more laid back, but like the big schools like FSU, when they came to recruit you, how – what was that feeling like? Were you like just prideful and you were like, yeah, you know, I, you know I, I worked hard for this? Or was it like, wow, these big schools are you know, coming after me? Was it intimidating at all or were, was um, – how, how Actually, that? man, everything for me – everything for me happened so fast uh, – I mean, I went. I played JV football my sophomore year, and um, I mean, obviously, you don't get recruited off of JV. And I was a running back back then, but I was about five seven, five eight, one hundred and fifty five pounds soaking wet. And uh, the coach just kind of looked at me like, uh, you know, we're a traditional I formation team. We don't really have fit for a five seven, hundred and sixty five pound running back. Excuse me. So. Um, uh, they put me on JV. Um, I mean, I had a good season on JV. Didn't get moved up to varsity, you know, believe it or not. And I ended up uh, running Trump that year, and I won the six championship in two events and got second place in the four by one. And that night, everything for me changed for the better because that's when FSU was actually my first official offer. But believe it or not, I grew up. Uh, I grew up a Miami fan, and um, I, but I decided that you know I was going to track in high and in college and play football as well, and I just wanted to go to a program that had uh that had uh you know both you know interesting both uh really good programs so um i mean that's kind of what i can explain my decision and i mean i don't i don't regret it like i, I have fun i enjoy my time there look I'm, I'm gonna ask you this question you could just totally ignore it um i didn't i didn't even ask the guys if i can ask this question but you can totally ignore it you can say pass uh without giving names or any specifics has you being recruited was there anything uh were you being offered anything more than scholarships? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> not for oh, me. I mean, I was a four-star recruit, so, okay. you know, I, I, can I wish? You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> Did people sit here and condemn athletes for, you know, taking, I mean, taking money and payments and all kinds of stuff, but, you know, deep down, they don't really know, you know, what's going on. So, you know, you know, they didn't know, they don't, you know, they don't know that these athletes, you know, are, you know, families are on food stamps so WIC or, some form of government assistance sure. to survive, you know what I'm saying? They don't know these people live on, you know, Section 8 housing and and are basically struggling to, you know, you know, find food and they don't know where the next meal coming from. You know, a lot of people that don't, you know, that don't, you know, go through, you know, everyday life, you know, living that kind of stuff and worried about, you know, oh, how am I going to feat my child or how am I going to eat or how am I going to, you know, pay the rent? They don't they don't know, you know. 100%. Yeah. What, what that's like, so... Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. It's crazy. You no, know, it's it's it, 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 yeah, it's really crazy. And uh, so I don't, you know, I don't, I don't speak ill of you know people that that, that do that. And you know, 
I guess you weren't recruited by any SEC schools then. I'm just kidding. All right. no, so, <laughs> or uh, UM. That's surprising that the Canes didn't do that. Um, all right, man. I got a question. This is Brito here. I kind of want to jump into the Olympics because that's obviously where you put your mind and your focus for years of your life. So I got to start out with how was the training, right? Preparing for years of your life. What did a typical day you know, as you ramp up towards the Olympics in in the life of Marvin look like as you're gearing towards that? Um, well, I mean, it started off pretty normal. You know, you wake up uh, and, you know, what, uh, in an Olympic setting, like an Olympic year, uh, it, 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 it's a little different because uh, um, you just kind of like, you know, you actually as an as a athlete, you put more pressure on yourself to to you know do more and you feel like i need to do this or i need to be doing that but honestly to take the pressure off yourself it was it was easier to start looking at it as if you know this is you know any other day of the week this is any other day of the year this is any other race you know once you start looking at it like that uh it, it gets a little easier to deal with but uh we go to practice um you know one thing i like about track is we go to practice at at nine and I mean, we're done by one one fifteen that you have the rest of the day to yourself to do whatever it is that you see fit. Um, you typically do some type of some form of treatment, whether it be getting a massage, whether it be getting acupuncture, like something you're doing something to you know take care of your body and making sure that you know you're as sore you're as you're not sore and you're just on top of everything so that the next day of training uh, it goes by you know as smoothly as possible. And um, I mean honestly that was it. Like I just you know I I, I learned over the course of you know, those few years. Of how to just you know find peace at home because when I first got here, um, you know I was 19. You know they put a bunch of money in my pocket and they gave me a car and a place to live and I mean I had no rules, no guidelines. I had nobody to answer to, um, and I just kind of you know I took advantage of that. And so that whole first year, I came back and I mean I wasn't really worried about you know I wasn't solely just like focused on track. I was focused on everything you know other than track, like just you know living and having fun and just doing stuff like that. But I, you know, that Olympic year, I just let me kind of buckle down and just relax and just chill out and be able to, you know, be in the house for a little bit and just keep my body at rest and, you know, go out and compete. Okay, so then take me to you're finally gearing in, right? You you earn a spot on the U.S. team for the Olympics. What is that experience like when you finally get there? What it, What is it like? What is... What is the Olympic experience like? Oh, man, it was still so surreal to me, man. Um, I, can, I can't, honestly, I can't even explain to you, you know, what, what it was. I can't, I really can't find the words to explain to you what I experienced, man. Just, you know, getting the gear and getting on the plane and landing in Brazil and seeing all, like, the media coverage and, you know, how they kind of looked at us as, like, you know, gods to them, you know, so to say. And um, it was it was just such a surreal feeling, man, to uh, to know that you know I'm a part of a competition that happens once every four years, and you know still to this day, you know I get really choked up about it because uh, you know I, my just getting there for me was was, was life changing because I had a, a I sustained some injuries that year and I was able to kind of overcome it and and you know put you know put three good races together and and the Olympic team. So, you know, for me, it was just supposed to real because of all the adversity that I had faced, you know, throughout the, the entire season. 
Oh, I think I think Dale has a question here for you. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so g- keeping with the Olympic stuff, like I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm just going to ask this question. Um, just just exactly. I wrote it a couple different ways. I'm just I'm just going to ask it. Do, when you were about to race, and when your teammates were about to race, did people think it, the mentality? Did they really think that they could beat Usain Bolt going into it? Like. Um. Okay, as far as like, um, <laughs> as far as I'm, as I'm for this, like, as far as like, you know, from a competitive spirit, sure. Of course, you know, people felt like, you know, I'm gonna give him a run today. I'm gonna beat him because you never know. You know, he could have a bad day. Sure. But you know, if not, then honestly, people were just racing for second. Man, it, it sucks to say, but the guy is just gifted in ways you know we can't imagine. Like he's a six-five sprinter with the ability to turn over as if he was five nine. So it's really if he if he's on his A game, he's having a good day. It's honestly nothing you can really do about it. To be honest, you know what I'm saying. You just gotta hope that he stumbles or he trips or something. So from a competitive from a competitive standpoint, yeah, everybody thought I'm gonna beat him. But from a realistic standpoint, everybody knew like damn vote, you know, vote come with it then. And yeah, I ain't really nothing to do about it. Yeah, yeah, all right, exactly. Who's playing for second? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, we equate this, you know, to you know Tiger Woods back maybe ten or twelve years ago. You know, people go right. against him and thinking, hey, you know, who's who's getting second place here because Tiger Woods is so dominating. Right. You know, Bolt was the exact same way in the Olympics. It's crazy. Um, I don't mean to you know be a downer here, but to not qualify for the finals, how what was your mentality there? Did you think that? You know, I know like a lot of say, you know, I hear like NFL rookies, you know, if they get the Super Bowl to their first year, they think they'll always come back, you know. So going not qualifying for the finals was in the back of your head like, hey, I can do this again. Or was it like, I'm just happy to be here. You know, this Olympics. No, I was definitely not. It was definitely not. I was I was far. I was so far away from I'm just I'm so happy to be here because I knew the work that I put in. But, um, you know, one thing I've always prided myself on as an athlete, especially as a track runner is. I'm not really one of those, oh, I was hurt, so, you know, I'm going to play the, the sure. hurt card kind of people. Like, I mean, I I didn't know it at the time, so I didn't know how injured I was. But I knew I wasn't feeling right, and um, I ended up finding out, like, after the fact that I had a double hernia. Oh. So, um, and I was, I was taking, I, I was taking uh, some, I took cortisone shots just to be able to train for the Olympics. And, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people don't know that. But, you know, that's what I had to go through. So I knew, you know, deep down I knew, you know, I was hurt. But at the end of the day, it doesn't say on that paper, you know, Marvin Bracey hurt, double hernia. It doesn't say that. It just says my time and that I didn't qualify. So it was, you know, I never really found a, a, a reason to even bring it up. Like, it, you know, it was sure. whatever, you know, it was, it was what it was. Like, it just, I didn't make it. And that's what happens in track and field. Yeah, right, right, right. So, I mean, obviously you didn't meddle. But coming out of Olympics, I, and I don't hear this very often, but do you guys do do the people that don't qualify, like such as yourself, do they do you come back home with anything? Do they give you like, um, you know, I don't know, a plaque or something? Like, thanks for participating. <laughs> like, is there anything like that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> nothing, man. It sucks. Man. That's such an asshole question. <laughs> it sucks, man, because uh, in track and field. It's just it's so cutthroat, man, because you put in so much work and like it can be like the worst thing in the world. Like you can literally go out and 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 have like a, you can have like the best warm up and you can have like the best mindset. But if you just go out there and you poop the bed, like even if you're the best, like you get nothing for it. Like the people don't know that, yeah. you know. And everybody asks me, oh man, Olympics must have been such a good experience. I'm like, it was a fun experience, but 
the Olympics don't pay you. Right. So you don't. The Olympics is technically an amateur competition. Hmm. So the only time you get paid is if you have a sponsor and if they have some type of incentive, like you may get a hundred thousand dollars for winning the Olympics, like first place. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And if it's a contract year, it's kind of like football where if it's a contract year, then you win the Olympics. They're like, oh, should we ride with a 22 year old Olympic champion? I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna sign him and give him big money. So, right. You know, um, that's just kind of, you know, it, it, it's kind of one of those deals. So it, it sucks when you don't get when you don't settle because not only are not only did you lose, but you come up empty-handed all the way around. Like you get no money for that. You get a, you literally get a, oh, thanks for being here and a flight home. Eesh. that's tough, man. Yeah, yeah, man, it sucks. <laughs> Paul, all right, Marvin. Yeah. Marvin, I got a question. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out. Oh, I, didn't have, I didn't have this planned, but you know, winning the U.S. national championship is a stout achievement. You know, and you won three of them in a row, right, <laughs> right before the Olympics. What was more satisfying, winning those three championships in a row, and knowing that you were the best in the nation? for three years or qualifying for the Olympics? Um, honestly, in my opinion, I would probably say qualifying for the Olympics only because oh, wow. there's a, there's a new indoor champion every year. You know, it's kind of like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like the NCAA, winning the NCAA championship is, is one hell of a feat. Like uh, it, it really is, but there's a new NCAA champion every year. You know what I'm saying? Like there's only one Olympic champion every four years. So, you know, there's only one Olympics every four years, period. So, you know, to make it, to know that, you know, I was out of 32 of America's top runners, I made it to the final eight. And out of those final eight, I made it in the top three. And knowing that I was riding off a of cortisone and, and I made the team, you know, with, you know, sustaining some injuries, like it just let me know, like, how good I can actually be, you know, if I really did, you know, go all out with it. Yeah. Okay, guys. I got, I got a question since you mentioned, you, you brought this up, okay? You're riding here off cortisone. I'm going to jump in and just cut everybody off because uh, I have I have serious intrigue here. Your body was messed up. You obviously have to do things for that. Do you know of anybody that's training for the Olympics that they tried to, and obviously I don't want any names here or anything like that, they tried to get a competitive edge in a different way? And does that actually? I don't, I don't know anybody personally, no. Um, but it, it happens, man. It's, 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 it's you know, it's, 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 you know, in this game, man, it's, it's, it's just a part. It's a part of the game, man. It does it actually make because, a difference, uh, though? Know, like, um, I guess it depends on you know what you use as as a as an athlete. Like, I don't, I don't know, you know, what that's like. I, I mean, I ran nine ninety three. That was my all out best. I mean, that was just the best that I had, you know, to be honest. Woo. Well, you know, for the time being. So, um, you know, if you get to the next level, man, it takes it definitely takes a different type of training, a different type of mentality, as well as you know maybe a little help from the side. Like I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to know what they take. Like just, the less I know, the better. Like I don't want to be caught up in no kind of scandals or nothing like that. Basically, but, man, my um, question is, how much like, steroids has Usain Bolt taken? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he needs any breeding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not um, that many gifted, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. Let me ask you this, Marvin. Uh, this is Paul again. Uh, what is tougher? Is training for the Olympics harder than training for the NFL? Like you coming back to uh, football after taking that much time off, which was more yeah, difficult? Uh, uh, that's, that's a pretty tough question because, um, to be honest, like, 
training for the Olympics is not really different as far as a program. The program that we did was nothing different than what we did every other year of my track career. It just – what made it harder is the mindset. Like, we put so much pressure on ourselves as athletes that you just make everything – like, you magnify everything, you know, by 10. So it wasn't really hard. It wasn't harder, to be honest, because it was the same stuff we did day in, day out, you know, with the, with the, with the team. Like it was, like I said, it was nothing different. And, um, but football, man, just getting back into the playing of things, uh, you know, everybody knows that, 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 that has some type of football background or has been around football in general knows that the easiest way, the only way to get back into football shape is to play football. So, you know, it was you know, going back out last year, trying to you know, re, you know, reclaim my football dreams. It was, it was so hard, man, because I had played for so long and I wasn't used to the pace of the game anymore and just how everything, you know, was shaping up. So it was definitely uh, that. I, I said that was a little bit harder because I got you. Um, all right, I got two last questions for you. All right, one is what NFL player right now, current player? Do you think could have a legitimate track career? Um, right now, right now, right now. Uh, you know, um, man, that, that, that actually, I had to say anybody, man. If he, uh, well, two people, two people actually. Um, actually, I can name three. That's crazy. Um, name them uh, all. Tyreek Hill. Damn it! Hill, damn, it damn it! Damn it! Damn it! I I'm, told listen, them you were I, insane. I witnessed this dude. I wit I listen, I witnessed this dude in person. Like I know what he can do. I watched him shatter I'm gonna shatter the 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 record, the high school two hundred meter record. I watched him run twenty point one in person. Um and that dude in high school that's and, and on a professional level right now, that'll get you a nice place in certain track meets and you know. Um, um, I feel like if DNA Thomas, what you know, where to stick, you know, where to actually train for track, like I feel like he could have a a, a really good career. Um, I mean, uh, uh, what, what, uh, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. I know his name too. He broke the combine record. I'm so John sorry. Ross. John Ross. Um, this is, John Ross. John Ross. Like I'm tripping. Yeah. Um, that guy, man. He he. You know what I from what I saw for him. You know to get to that speed. Within 40 yards, man, if somebody actually, you know, extended his drive phase and, 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 and just, you know, got him some speed endurance, man, like he would be a force to reckon with in a 100-meter dash. I don't know about 200, but a 100-meter dash, that guy could 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 fly, man. And uh, But as far as, like, pure, you know, just pure track speed, like I feel like those three guys would really have a, 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 a great career. And what a lot of people don't know is Ronald Darby actually ran. He ran 1047 in high school. Like, he was actually – really fast like he ran 20.8 and 20.7s in high school like he could have had a really good career he just he got to Florida State and uh he experienced some injuries and you know after that coach Jimbo was like uh yeah track is yeah you good on track we're gonna focus on football (laughs) all right so you didn't say a name that I'm shocked uh that you didn't you didn't say Kermit you didn't say Kermit Whitfield man uh one thing people don't know is Kermit while talented as hell uh-oh. He doesn't really, he doesn't really have a love for track and field. You know what I'm saying? Like it, I feel like he doesn't have. Like he could, he could be a damn great track runner, but he doesn't really have a love for track and field like I did. Um, I, I just took pride in everything I did, man. Whether it was track or football, and uh, he just he he saw football, and that was you know his heart out of the place. 
I got you. So my last question, I'm, I got to change it up a little bit from what you just said. Ob- obviously, uh, you you think you got better speed than Kermit. I'm not going to tell him this, but I'm going to ask you if you got <laughs> if you got to run a 40 yard post and he's got to run a 40 yard post and y'all are opposite sides of the field. Who's going to be more open? Oh come on now! I mean that that's a given. Like I mean I'm clearly faster than him. Like he, he don't want to me. when it comes to racing, like he's never beating me. So I mean if it comes to a forty yard post, QB look this way. Like whatever side I'm on, I'm on the left. I look to the left. I'm on the right. You gotta look to the right because yeah, he don't want those, he don't want those problems, man. I, I take I take running very seriously. I and, and and I'm not really nice to challenges, especially people that really be talking and acting like they can beat. Me. <laughs> All right, Marvin. Well, no, we... but just with him, uh, with him, uh, I mean, it's, 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 you know, he's like he's like my brother, man, and uh, I wish nothing but the best for him. But as far as you know, competing and, and racing, especially racing, like that's just such a. It, we just make so we 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 make we bring the best out of each other when as far as competition, and you know we make each other better, and that's one thing I've always you know value you know having him around for, to you know to make me better and you know for him to get better. Well, again, Marvin, uh, we've taken up a lot of your time already. We appreciate you coming on, man, and talking yeah. to us about all this stuff. Very, uh, very cool information, uh, some insight into the Olympics and stuff. We appreciate you coming on, and um, good luck in the uh, in the future in the NFL. I'm sure uh, you're going to land a team and uh, and be successful. So, good luck in the future, and hope we talk again soon. Thank you guys so much, man. Looking forward to talking to y'all again. All right, again, thank you to Marvin for jumping on with us. I hope we get him on again because the dude was. Really cool and uh, super interesting stuff that he was saying um, about everything. So, anyways, I think that wraps up our show for today. Uh, okay. Just get off the phone, guys. Jesus. Wait, hold on, I'm hold on. I'm trying uh, to read what you wrote. Yeah, I know. Well, I know. I'm trying to read, too. We super need to distracting. You can just say it. Oh, that was my ending. I thought that was going to be the ending of the episode right there. I thought it was solid. I was like, <laughs> well, not when you type a whole paragraph. Okay, Dude, for those listening. I typed a paragraph. Paul, we're just about to get off, and Paul writes an entire paragraph in our chat. I didn't know. Like, we can't just. <laughs> I started typing before it was like, oh, we're dipping out. Paul went into our fucking show chat and was like, to whom it may concern. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we are ending the show with Paul ruining everything. For Dale, I, I mean, I'm Dale. For what, Christian and Paul, that's what I did. <laughs> this, this is the worst episode we've ever done, minus Marvin. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy. You rocking with the best NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs. Better follow the conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation. We doing what we like. Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy, football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be joining us on Eat Sleep Fantasy. Yeah, Eat Sleep Fantasy. Uh Eat Sleep Fantasy.